Open up that crystal Pepsi and get comfortable. This is Dope Nostalgia. Hey everybody, welcome back to Dope Nostalgia Podcast and episode 171. Hey, the numbers are getting pretty high. That's fun. So thank you for being a part of it. My name's Naomi and I'm your host. And our special guest today is back for the third time because he's so much fun to talk to. Joe Valenzuela is here and he is the creator of the blog Milk Carton Pop Stars. If you check it out on the interwebs, you'll see he's researched so many people who are big in the 80s and 90s and beyond. So Joe is an expert in this kind of stuff. And today we chose to talk about somebody who is just as hot behind the scenes today as they were on stage and as a star back in the 90s, Kathy Dennis. Kathy Dennis had a huge pop career and then she eventually ended up becoming a songwriter for people like Britney Spears. So she's doing very well for herself. Here's a little bit of background story on Kathy Dennis. Wikipedia Moments. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is the real truth. And here's the real truth, straight from KathyDennisOfficial.com. Please fasten your seatbelts, your journey back to Planet Pop is about to begin. Kathy Dennis has more than earned her place as a pop princess. In fact, if it wasn't for her, Many fellow music royals wouldn't have had some of their biggest hits. Kylie, Britney, Katy Perry, Celine Dion, Pink, Ariana Grande, Kelly Clarkson, Christina Aguilera, Little Mix. They've all recorded songs written by Kathy, to name only a few. A British singer, songwriter, and music producer, Kathy Dennis has previously been called one of the most influential people in the music industry by Q Magazine. And now she's back. This most certainly is for real and not just another dream. <laughs> a certified award botherer, Kathy's been nominated for four Grammys, winning two, thank you very much, had three Brit nods, won six Ivor Novellos, and numerous ASCAP awards. Somewhere along the way, she also scooped the UK Music Industry Woman of the Year. I put them in boxes, she smiles, then put the lids on the boxes. I can't relate to walking around a house or even a studio and needing stuff that reminds you of how great you are, she says with an infectious laugh. With a musical family, her father, Alan, was a professional jazz and classical pianist, while her mother, Linda, was a professional singer, Norwich-born Kathy was destined for a life in the arts. Spending her early teens singing in venues around East Anglia, she wrote and recorded her first song with her father at quite a young age. I paid for the recording studio in Norwich when I was 15, she recalls. I've always been very ambitious. I've always put my career first. Even from the age of 14, I was singing three times a week when all my friends were going to school and I couldn't really talk about it because it was something that nobody could understand. It was like a completely different existence that you really couldn't explain. Kathy moved to London when she was 17 with a dream of becoming a successful musician. In 1986, she met entertainment mogul Simon Fuller and her destiny was set. Working with D-Mob on the now classic dance track, Come On and Get My Love, which celebrates its 30th anniversary this year, it helped cement Kathy's place in the charts. I wouldn't have known that I would still be so obsessed by music, she says, of where she finds herself three decades on. Even though it's a in a different capacity, but it always was part of the process, even as an artist writing. Writing needed to be the main focal point. The only reason I started writing as an artist is because I knew that the songs I was being given were not good enough to make any impact as a new artist. Her instincts paid off. The platinum-selling debut solo album, Moved to This in 1990, included a number of US top 10 songs, the previously mentioned D-Mob collaboration, Touch Me, all night long just another dream everybody move and the epic ballad too many walls it also meant oprah winfrey invited her to perform and have a chat on her show the second album into the skyline saw kathy once more enjoyed chart success in britain and america throughout 1993 with singles you lied to me falling 
moments of love, and irresistible. Soundtrack work and appearances on shows such as 90210 followed. By the time her third album, Am I the Kind of Girl, was released in 1997, Kathy was pushing her writing skills further and had switched to a new sound for singles West End Pad, Waterloo Sunset, and When Dreams Turn to Dust. Her uncertainty about a fourth album, imposing her own restrictions, she now realizes, prompted her to move towards writing for other artists. It's no surprise, given that across all of her release collections, there are only two songs where Kathy didn't contribute to the writing process. I felt that I did have not so much a huge talent, she humbly pauses, but I felt that I'd been given a talent in music and still needed to use that. So it made sense to write for other people where I could still have the freedom to be anyone I wanted to be on any given day as a writer so that I could still indulge myself creatively. It's fair to say she's indulged given worldwide smashes such as Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl or Kylie's Can't Get You Out of My Head. It's difficult to feel the impact that that had as a writer, I find. She considers of writing songs that have been global mega hits. Or as a producer, because it's always on to the next, she shrugs. It's very difficult to write contemporary pop songs. If you set out to do it, I think it's very hard. Hard it may be, but she still managed to do it all over again a few years later with Britney Spears' song, Toxic. It was, she reveals, a brief dalliance with another type of girl power that led to her success with the 90s supergroup S-Club. I saw how through Simon Fuller's genius, he shaped the Spice Girls, she explains. Nobody could have predicted the kind of success that he would be able to bring to that. I'd had the chance to write for them, she says of classic Spice track Bumper to Bumper. At the time, I was still finishing being an artist, really, and I saw these other writers experiencing huge success, and as an ambitious career woman, I wanted to be successful. It's this ambition that led to one of her most successful singles ever. I'd always enjoyed writing ballads. This was a way that I could still write songs which were true to me. Never Had a Dream Come True was a good example where I wanted to write that, and it was heartfelt. There are none of her hits that she wishes she recorded herself, though, despite a few slew of worldwide chart smashes. If I was busy looking backwards, then I couldn't spend so much time hurling myself into the future, which is what I generally tend to do. Now living in Surrey with her husband and four black Labradors, Kathy says she's still able to find angst elsewhere to fuel those epic melancholy musical moments. Who knows whether she'll head back into the recording studio herself. For now, Kathy hints at what she teasingly refers to as a few exclusive situations. It's still, she stresses, about what comes next. If yesterday was enough, then I wouldn't still be going. All right, guys, let's welcome back our old friend, Joe Valenzuela of the blog Milk Carton Pop Stars, as we talk Kathy Dennis. Hello. Hi. How have you been? Good. How are you? Oh, it's been a weekend. It has barely even started. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Dope Nostalgia, Joe Valenzuela, and he is the creator of Milk Carton Pop Stars, and he's already done two amazing episodes with us. So I'm happy to be back with you. You're a very fun guest. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me and listening to me blab about you know all these <laughs> that's what i artists. want i want the i want the blabber it's good. good good yes and um so what's been uh new for you so far this spring anything exciting entertaining um entertainment wise i haven't been to a lot of shows yet mm-hmm. um, i feel like like i missed Depeche Mode. they were here like two nights ago and everybody was there but me but tickets are so expensive nowadays and I'm just kind of like well I saw them like 20 years ago so it's not like you know at least Um, you can say you have saw them yeah yeah there's stuff coming up in in the summer some shows I'm going to so that'll be fun I was just talking earlier to you about BlockCon in Chicago at the end of May um, <laughs> and that's great because you're in Chicago. I'm going to come down there and we have to hang out. Come join me and all the, all the kids were going out. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But BlockCon's really exciting. It's the first new kids on the block convention, kind of like a comic con. And our artist today that we're going to talk about 
what there's so much about her that people don't know, especially the songwriting career she's had. Kathy Dennis. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like she's penned some of the hits that people had no idea that was her, um, such as Can't Get You Out of My Head by Kylie Minogue. Of course. <laughs> Toxic by Britney Spears. And I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. These are huge like legendary pop songs yeah like worldwide hits I didn't know well obviously I knew about the Kylie you know because I'm a big fan but I didn't I didn't realize she had written um for Katy Perry no. so that one when I was like before you know we were going to record this I was like well let me like I know Kathy Dennis like obviously like her her music but I don't know that that much about her songwriting so I was like well, let me go on Wikipedia and like <laughs> refresh my memory so. yeah so I think that's been her primary um, path, at least in the last 20 years. Uh, she's, before... she's Go ahead. set for life with all the songwriting royalties. I mean, come on. <laughs> those aren't, uh, yeah, those aren't songs to laugh at. They are huge hits. So she's set pretty good. But, but originally, she came out as a pop star back in the day, signed to Simon Fuller, who is one of the, like, the biggest British pop producers. Our agents, managers. Absolutely. Um, I think my introduction to her, and I'm, I'm gonna guess yours was through her guest vocals with, uh, with D Mob. Yes. And get my love. But then I come first... and get your love, or get my. Love. You're right. Come on and get yeah. my love. Okay. And when I first heard it, I didn't know who D Mob was. All I heard was this girl, and her name was Kathy Dennis, and then it would say like D Mob featuring Kathy Dennis. Right. And like. I don't know who that is. Well, apparently D Mob was like a producer. Yeah, I think Dancing Danny D is yeah. his name or what he goes by. Yeah, so that's who she was working with, and uh, that that huge album. Did I had a copy of that tape? Moved to this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it had many many gems. For many, sure. Many. Um, but going a little back to the the song with D Mob, I know. When it came out, a lot of people thought that was Rick Astley singing on it. The dream, like the guy, that part. Oh, it really? was like a rumor, but then it turned out it wasn't him. It was like, <laughs> I think it's that. that another dream. Yeah, that. Like everyone thought it was Rick Astley. <laughs> I can, I can see that. Yeah, for so sure. I, it's like a weird fact that I remember about that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, no, that was a great song. Um. But yeah, hearing that song made me want to pick up the cassette. I don't know. Maybe I bought it at the store. Maybe I got it at, through Columbia House. It's possible. Were you a Columbia House thief? Were you a just like thief? No, I was from... definitely a thief. Okay. For sure. Yeah, For sure. I, was, I, I think I signed up my grandfather too. <laughs> signed up everyone in the house, including the cat. Exactly. Gosh. Um, but yeah, that song... Um, I remember buying the single for that. And then when her like album album came out, it was just like, oh my God. Like, you know, it was already kind of like a built-in audience for her, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh one thing I found interesting was being a British artist, but her biggest success was in the US. Mm -hmm. Like chart-wise and sales-wise, which I was just kind of like not shocked, but you know. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting and I'm assuming you know she had a huge following in Canada as well just North America in general I remember she was popular in Mexico too because I would see her like on the variety shows as well so yeah so she was doing pretty good uh internationally that's for sure sure um uh, I'm sorry uh but I remember the first single well the first Kathy Dennis single I guess was Just Another Dream yes that one. That was a great song.
just another dream. Uh, it charted really well. Um, D-Mob is also on that one, backing okay. vocals. So I'm assuming that she probably did a lot of work with D-Mob. Yes. The hit that I didn't know was a cover was Touch Me All Night Long. Yeah, it was a um, it was a cover, but she, I might, let me, I think what I heard or what I've read is that she actually just rewrote the the verses, but kept the chorus the same. Because mm -hmm. I think the original one is like from like the early eighties, mm -hmm. and I want to say it was on a soundtrack to like a horror movies. The only reason I know all this is because because one of my exes was like really into like horror movies and obscure obscure music as well so let me see what it was it was from the 1985 slasher film a nightmare on elm street 2 oh, Freddy's revenge and it was uh by american singer fonda ray and american band wish so that's where think, it originally came from i think i heard it like once or twice maybe in passing but i don't really i mean the version we probably all know and love is kathy dennis <laughs> oh for sure I, that yeah. was her biggest hit her biggest solo hit but i'm gonna go, go around and try to track down an actual version of the the uh original and play a clip of that other big song from that album was too many walls oh. it was a beautiful song it's so pretty <laughs> i still love it yeah it's a great song but even just some of the like album tracks were really good like the title track and everybody, everybody move everybody move yeah favorite that was a great song one. on the album I've been listening to her three uh, solo albums in the car just to get reacquainted with them before yeah. we did this episode. Um, and then I realized I really didn't hear much of the other two. I mostly just heard this one. Yeah, which um, was unfortunate. I know the second, I think my favorite is, well, I don't know. They're all really good. I can't, but I had like the second one, I think that came out, was that 92? Like an album? Yeah, the Into the Skyline, which was the second album. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say that came yeah, out end of ninety two. Okay, so I was oh God, I was a sophomore. Wait, no, if it was the end of ninety two, let me see ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school when that album came out. So, mm. and it came out in the long box, and <laughs> I probably cut it up and hung it up in my locker or something, or this whole long box thing is amazing because i only saw them in the u.s i didn't they didn't have them in canada as far as yeah, I that, that's what you were saying and mm -hmm. they're kind of rare now like if you go on ebay sometimes and you're looking for i don't know a cd by somebody and then it'll pop up with the long box version and it's like four times the cost like that you know for the, the packaging that you know i know keep it in. it's so sad and it was so like 
oh, it's bad for the environment, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I thought it was biodegradable paper, but who knows? Less packaging, better, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. But um, uh, but yeah, that song, um, Touch Me All Night Long, but he, she also performed it on Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, and she was on the soundtrack too, right? I think so. I think so. I have, I don't know where it is right now, but I have, they released it on vinyl and a friend got it for me. No way. So yeah, so it has like like the right kind of love by Jeremy Jordan. (laughs) Every time I try to search for Jeremy Jordan, all that comes up is that glee guy or that he's like a oh the Broadway dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not Jeremy Jordan. (laughs) I'm no, I'm like, show me blonde haired, blue eyed, wax chest, Jeremy Jordan. Oh my god, we should do nice eyebrows. We should do an episode about Jeremy Jordan. (laughs) Oh, we will. I've been waiting to do that one. That'd be fun. Um, I can get a hold of the guy, so we may as well do it. I think I wrote about him on Milk Carton Pop Stars at one point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like somebody I would have written about. Um, <laughs> he had a lot of uh, magazines. Yeah, because of his whole image, his look. Oh yeah, he was a total like teen idol, heartthrob, and super babe. Yeah. Never had a shirt on ever. Never. <laughs> Was that? I guess it was really hot in the early nineties. <laughs> I was okay with it. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Um, going into the second album, exactly. Um, the skyline into the skyline. Um, you could definitely feel and hear the maturity mm-hmm. in her in her writing. Um, did it do as well as the first album? It didn't, and I know a lot of it was produced by and I always I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right but Shep Pettibone who was like yes. famously worked with Madonna and he was a big remixer in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and I know he was involved a lot in the album I don't know like all the songs but like several mm-hmm. so it, it's it definitely has like that dance feel to it so Definitely. Irresistible must have been the biggest song because I feel like that one got the most radio play okay. off that album. Remember I remember that one. And then, well, the first single was You Lied to Me. Yeah. Um, I don't want to embarrass myself and keep singing all her songs. <laughs> Every time but, I say the title, I want to sing the chorus. I know, I went, you've got another lover, you lied, lied to me. To me. <laughs> um, and, and then Why was also... A single mm-hmm. and that was with D-Mob and I think that one was on 90210. Maybe that's the song that was on the soundtrack. You think it would tell well. us. You think it would tell us. Hang on, I have my phone here. I'm going to look up. It was two. on the college years. Oh, Dennis began to record a third album called Inspiration. The title track was recorded with Todd Terry along with another song, Is There Life After You? Only one song from the recording sessions was released SOS, which can be found on the Beverly Hills 90210, the college years soundtrack. Oh, okay. So that's not even like the OG Beverly Hills. No, soundtrack. that's, but the, I know there was a soundtrack to, it's right... oh my God, it's right here. Hang on. This is like, yes, bait. let's see this final. <laughs> I want to see it. All right. I know, I know I had that soundtrack because I know I remember there was a Paula Abdul song on it that I really uh, liked. I had the CD. This is bad. Like I buy vinyl all the time and I never open it, but it's still sealed. (laughs) It's perfect. There's a Shanice Uh, song on there. I like Shanice. Paul Abdul. Saving Forever for You. Yeah. Kathy Dennis with D Mob. Why? I don't know if you can see it. It is on there. Yeah. Perfect. It goes, wow. Is there Tara Kemp? Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. It was like, fuck yeah. Uh, Who else is on? She's been on this show. I love her. Oh, she's great. Yeah, Paul Abdul. There's a there's a duet with Vanessa Williams and Brian McKnight. Love. There's a duet with Michael this. McDonald and Chaka Khan. Uh, Color Me Bad is on here. Ooh, which song? Got to have you. I don't know if was that maybe cool. like a non. That, I feel like a lot of these. Been, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Been, sorry, that might have been just for that soundtrack. I think a lot of those yeah. songs were. I think a lot of them were. Um, Jody Watley's on here. The uh, Ben Time Background by Paula is definitely just on that. Yeah, it's the first song on here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I think the only song that was also on an album was Kathy Dennis. Because mm. it's on the Into the Skyline. Well, and Jeremy Jordan, of course. The right kind of love is the right. 
because they would play it at the end, like the closing credits. Mm -hmm. I think that's how, well, that is how he became so popular because I think the song. Because of the show. Yeah. And Teen Beat. I I need to open this. I'll have to play it. You're going to actually open it? Don't don't do, make any rash decisions. Oh no no no! I mean, it's not. I'm not. I don't have it sealed like for collectors. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like value. I just have it sealed because I'm lazy and I never open stuff. I'm like, oh, let me just like look at it on Spotify. Like listen to it that way. <laughs> what kind of record player do you have? It's a Audio Technica one. It's nothing fancy. It's just like I probably had it for like ten years or something. I should probably upgrade. I want to buy one. I don't even have one. It's but I have like five records. It's it's a fun but expensive habit. Records are expensive, not like LPs. Like even if you go to the thrift shop, they they don't screw uh, around. They know like that the value of what they've got, and they they put the price up. Do you guys have Urban Outfitters in Canada? Yes, we do. Okay, so $50 Urban Outfitters albums there. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how they became like the go to store for like vinyl, like exclusive vinyl releases, but it's like mm-hmm. everyone's at least the cheapest is like thirty U.S. dollars. So yeah. And Which would be all about make sense with it being a fifty dollar record in Canada. Do you remember when LPs were like six ninety nine, like back in the day? Like, yeah, well, even like thrift shop, like fuck, yeah. I, got, I got Brian Adams Reckless uh, vinyl just at the used record shop for like two bucks, and it was in good condition. Exactly, and now it's like, oh, it's a re release and blah blah blah, and it has this and that, and it's like, and it's the color red. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. And of course, like if you're a fan, you're gonna buy like every single edition. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always tell my friends, like, oh, Kylie's releasing a new album. I got to start saving my money because she's gonna release like thirty <laughs> different. How many, how many vinyls do you have? Oh God, I don't know. I'd have to count. Oh, like I think we talked about this once in the past, but a lot of my vinyl is a good chunk of is like from when I was growing up. Like mm-hmm. I so didn't even like. It. Yeah, like, but, but like, I would buy like all the 12 inch singles, like when I would go to the record store, like to me, that was cool because it had a different cover and yeah. remixes. So I I kept a lot of those. And then, you know, some LPs, um, like my new Aww. kids on the block LPs <laughs> from back in the day, obviously Martika and yes. <laughs> Debbie, Tiffany. Um, but yeah, but then I started like buying way too much vinyl, like, especially if I go overseas. Oh my God, I go nuts. Like, Mm. yeah it's it's bad news (laughs) when one day when i buy a record player i want to be able to buy a record player that i know will treat the albums well because i've heard that these like crossley players and just the ones you buy it like the players at urban outfitters yeah don't don't get those they damage (laughs) the records yeah those ones that come like in a little suitcase those are yeah don't get they're 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 shitty Okay, public service announcement, folks. Yeah. Don't waste your money on yeah. that. Get exactly. something, get something of quality. Make sure, right. like, so there's like a good quality needle on it, and it doesn't wreck your vinyl. Yeah, I mean, or go to like um, a lot of these like independent record stores sell like turntables, and I'm sure they could help you find one. Yeah, or if you know a friend who's really good with audio, you know. Yeah, like exactly. Sometimes that helps too. I know I have a guy, a friend who's like a, a sound engineer and he's one of the best in our city. And uh, he'll be the one to tell me, don't buy that shit. Get this. You go. There <laughs> you, you go. There, there's, there's your go-to person. Or if you have any DJ friends, they will definitely know mm-hmm. what to get. Um, but back to Kathy Dennis. Um, yeah. It's okay. I like our excursions from the conversations I know. too. They, we always fun. do that. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the soundtrack. Um I need to get some more of her stuff on vinyl. I have like a remix collection and I have the first one on vinyl. So okay. um, yeah, I think the second album just never caught on. I think it was like, it was a weird time in music where like pop music was kind of passe, you know, mm-hmm. at least in America, like in the US. Yeah. But um, I feel like everywhere else it was still like cool, especially in Europe and grunge era was hitting yeah so like dance music but then at the same time dance music always had an audience but maybe just not it wasn't as mainstream so she just kind of got lost in that shuffle unfortunately so at some point okay so she um 96 she changed her musical style and then she went into a more 
singer songwriter type of deal with different types of instruments and such. It didn't sound anything like what she'd done before. No. Um, and that's called Am I the Kind of Girl? So I was listening to some of the tracks in the car and I was like, yeah, this is very different. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Uh-huh. You know, um, one song I listened to on there that I like is Waterloo Sunset, but that's a Kinks cover. Mm-hmm. Do you know that song? Um, I know that album. I, I I bought it like back in the day when it came out. Like somebody, I don't remember who told me. This is like, God, I'm probably dating myself. It's probably like an, an AOL like group chat or something. Yes. <laughs> Because I was like, that album came out, what, like 96, 97? Around 96, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, we definitely had dial-up internet mm-hmm. <laughs> in my house at that point. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, oh, she released a new album. And I, I somehow tracked down a copy of it. And at the time, I liked it a lot because I was really into that. You know, it's it's more like that Britpop sound a little more... Mm-hmm alternative well as far as like artists like her like that was like at the same time like around when like Kylie Minogue went you know came out with Impossible Princess and like um it reminds me of that or like even kind of like Natalie and Brulia ish like they were all kind of big at that time so I feel like that was the sound that everyone was into so it's very much that but it's it's still I like it there's some good songs there's a couple like eh tracks but it's not the Kathy Dennis that we like we're used to I guess so it was oh, a big and it's very well known like she's a great songwriter obviously yeah. we covered that already so I mean I just think it was the style change that I didn't really care for at the time yeah at the time yeah the photography is beautiful mm-hmm. for the album I think it was uh Ellen god what's her name Ellen Von she's like a really famous like fashion photographer and she did all the photos so okay yeah I'm I know like weird facts like that <laughs> that's what I love I love the quirky <laughs> the quirky what oh, personal, yeah. there's not a lot about her personal life Ooh, not a lot about her personal life out there which is fine because uh basically just says she dated this guy Noel Fitzpatrick and he was mm-hmm. like this really famous veterinarian I think he was oh. like some kind of like I don't know tv star with animals maybe okay um doesn't say when they were dating except the fact that he is possibly the subject of the song toxic oh written for britney yeah so noel fitzpatrick what does it say he's an irish veterinary surgeon based in surrey who came to prominence through the television program the super vets okay which we've never seen i know I don't at first I was gonna be like was he like in Oasis or something scandal <laughs> that's what like popped in my Not, head no no oh if it's Noel Gallagher that'd be yeah great. that's what I was thinking of it's the only but, Noel um, I know <laughs> or the freestyle singer <laughs> uh, right oh I want to look at the great here's the great big list of songs written by her do you want to okay. go through this list yeah well I was gonna say you know Kylie wasn't the first Minogue she worked with I think mm-hmm. the first artist she actually wrote a song for was Danny Minogue. You're right. Yeah, which is, I want to say, Loves on Every Corner. Is, is it that one? Exactly. Yes. I'm a big Danny fan, too. So I had a, I, I, but I don't think I ever realized that until, like, I read up on it. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, Loves on Every Corner. Um, if you've ever heard of- it, it's very Kathy Dennis sounding, so. Oh, this list is good. Holy Aww. shit. Can she write? Okay. Uh-huh. So people people might be surprised to hear some of these or not. I don't know. S Club 7, she wrote a lot of their songs, including Reach and Never Had a Dream Come True. Okay. Never Had a Dream. And one of the members just passed away. I don't know if you heard that. It was announced today that Paul yeah. from S Club 7 had passed away. Shocking. No. They were just about to go on tour. Yeah. So yeah so that's that's that was some sad news today for sure rest in peace yes after these messages we'll be right back don't nostalgia listeners 
I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Hello, this is erotica, romance author, podcaster, sex blogger, Ruin Willow. Oh, yeah. With Ruin Willow Podcast. And on my podcast, I talk about all things related to sex, sexuality, sexual health, erotica. I want to help you enjoy your life and have better sex using the tools of erotica, erotic audio, and interviews talking with sexuality experts in the field of sexual health, sexuality, and sexual wellness. Come listen to my podcast. I have a wide range of topics and fiction erotica storytelling we'll be right back look who's coming to make it great yeah we're making something new with easy bake really bacon i can bake a real cake decorated wait till you see what i can make m&m's cakes they're so fun to do Oven and M&M's brand sets whole separately. Light bulb not included. Use stuff from home. Adult assembly required. Welcome back to Disney's One Saturday Morning. Young. I think Will Young was one of the first British idols. Yeah, I think he was the first one, actually, right? Or probably. Yeah. I had a friend that was I had a friend that was like obsessed with him. I'll have to ask him. (laughs) He did win the first one in 2002, the inaugural series of Pop Idol. Okay. I guess that's right. They call it Pop Idol in England. (laughs) Because it was only the first one. Right, exactly. It didn't go everywhere else yet. So yeah. Will Young, um, she wrote for him. Anything is possible. Uh, Not to be confused Kel- with Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> nope. Oh, she wrote "Before Your Love" for Kelly Clarkson. Okay, that was an idol song, because okay. the two idol songs that Kelly had was "A Moment Like This" and mm-hmm. "Before Your Love." They were both from for the show. With Simon Fuller, I'm assuming part of. Absolutely. That, that whole. Look at it. <laughs> yeah. He's like the Aaron spelling of like pop music or like <laughs> British he pop really music. Is. Anyway. British pop music, yeah. Didn't he create One Direction? I think so. Based off of the X Factor. Oh I think he was part of the X Factor too. Yeah. The Simons, you know. The Simons work together well. They're everywhere. Uh toxic. I don't know who Gen- Gentina is. Gentina. Gentina. She was a British like R&B singer. Okay. So in 2004, she wrote, Kathy wrote French Kisses for her. Okay. Sophie Sophie Ellis Baxter. Oh, I love that name. Yeah. You know, like Murder on the Dance Floor. It's Murder on the Dance Floor. Better not kill the groove. I don't know if you know that song. (laughs) I don't know that song. (laughs) It's like a gay club classic. It was never released in the US, but like every gay bar you go to in the early 2000s would play. (laughs) See, and that, see, if it came out after like 2005, you have to refresh. I don't know. All right. I'm really bad with that. Um, Sugar Babes, I've heard of. And and then so she wrote about you now and David Guetta's song "Baby When the Light." Do you I don't know, know that, I know that one. 
I know him and I know like I know when love takes over right that's him right with Kelly Rowland yes I I believe so I don't know why I'm thinking of a Demi Lovato song <laughs> this is something like baby when the lights go that's no, like what's uh, yeah that's what I'm thinking of yeah <laughs> okay she wrote uh Jonas Brothers song Paranoid in 2009 and then there was more idol stuff American Idol song No Boundaries that Adam Lambert sang okay well that's a great song I don't know Man, if I know that one like, it's so good she's like uh what's her name Diane Warren or something yeah <laughs> she's writing all these crazy awesome hits um but yeah it goes on and on and on um and from 2014 to 2019 the credits are only for an act called galantis a swedish electronic dance music project i think it's because she sang on some of the their tracks yeah that was something that kept popping up when i was like reading about like if she's actually done any recording mm. Like in the in the past, I guess decade. I don't know. It seems like she hasn't released anything in forever. <laughs> oh no! What is Kathy Dennis up to? Do we know? I mean, other than songwriting, um, because there were rumors that she was going to release another album, mm -hmm. like at some point. And then I know she like she rarely performs anymore. And then I know she's. Rant, she, she, I want to say like pre-pandemic she did a couple like you know those like retro shows or even like a gay pride show in the UK or something so that were, she's were someone she performed I, live yeah like there's Good. clips on YouTube I've seen them and I'm just like oh my god I wish I was there. I've always wanted to see her live she's on my bucket list of people I want to see but I'm just like eh, is it ever going to happen I mean it's hard to say I think you would have to travel to see her for sure probably that doesn't sound like too much of a hardship no <laughs> no because here in england but, but yeah, there's sure. there's a huge list of songs here that um indicate that she had a background vocal or uncredited vocal on. oh okay even more so than writing there she's oh. saying on so many things she has a really nice um higher ranged voice mm -hmm. you know it's it's pretty her voice is pretty i don't know how else to describe it no, it is pretty. And she had like a very um, distinct look to kind of like the porcelain fair skin and then just that red hair. It was just mm -hmm. like. Do you think she's a natural redhead? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The shade changes sometimes, but I she from what I've seen, she's always had that red hair. Yeah. Uh, ooh, what else do we got here? And yeah, no, she's been singing on tons of stuff and there's been no break. Like she's been singing straight through the 2000s. Well, that's good. She's all this stuff. Just like, <laughs> yes. Just like you said, Galantis, she mm -hmm. definitely sang on. A okay. Stuff I'll have stuff. to check them out. I, I kept seeing that name pop up over and over. And I was like, why haven't I heard them before? And you know what? They're Swedish. So, you know, it's good. Oh Yeah. <laughs> The Swedish never lead me the wrong way. Like, That's honestly, true. all the Swedish songwriters, they're like mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know there's like leaked demos of her like singing Toxic and Can't Get You Out of My Head, like <gasps> floating around the internet. Maybe even YouTube, I want to say, but we have to include these clips if they're yeah. out there. I'm going to find they're them. They're out there. I know they're out there. Can't you see I'm calling a guy like you should wear a warning? It's dangerous. I'm falling. There's no escape. I can't wait. I need a hit. Baby, give me it. You're dangerous. I'm loving it.
And, you know, and then there's stories too, like, well, who was offered what song first or yeah i feel like i heard somebody else was offered toxic before britney someone turned it down yeah like somebody big don't you always hear these stories about someone who turned down a big hit and then someone i gotta else, look it up like someone else got it and made it a hit i think I bye 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 is one of those songs um by the instinct okay. uh someone else it was on lance's podcast they were saying somebody else had turned it down like another boy band another boy band had t- had turned it down and then Insane got it. Who would have been up on that today? Backstreet Boys. It might have been five or somebody like that. Oh, like a British one or Westlife Maybe. or something. Maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, someone turned it down, and l- they lucked out with it. Because I think Bye 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 is probably one of their biggest hits for sure. Oh, okay. Not the oh. biggest. Well, here I found it. It said. Released as the second single from In The Zone, the song was initially offered to Kylie Minogue for her album Body Language, but she turned it down. (laughs) But I think part of two, like, I love the song itself, but Mm -hmm. and I loved it when I heard it even before the video and before it was released as a single. But I just that video just pushed it right over the edge of awesomeness with the flight attendant outfits and Britney and her like sheer diamond outfit where she looks almost naked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, the video just really, really seals the deal on that hit. It's classic. It's about that vet, maybe. (laughs) What did he do to her? (laughs) I don't know. Love the dog more. I don't know. Well, are they still together? I don't know. Speaking of dog, my dog. (laughs) They are not. Oh, this wine is good. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Oh, it's California blend. Apoth. Do you have apothic wine? Where you? Yes, are? it's good. It's really good. This is apothic. It's the first time I've tried apothic crush, which is the smooth red blend. My boyfriend loves apothic, and he always has like several bottles on it. Sorry, I had to bring. <laughs> Hi, baby. Hey, you know I say it- you. You want to talk about Kathy Dent? Look at his hair short, like Kathy Dennis today. He's got a nice haircut. <laughs> He's got uh, Kathy Dennis Bob, <laughs> which is um, very, like, when you look at it, it looks like Martika's hair, but, like, red. I noticed that, too, while I was, like, I researching. Guess. Right? It's, because it's, like, about that. it's, like, a lot, it's not, like, a bang, but it's kind of, like, that long, like, and then just a yeah. little. Kind like, of just shapes around the side of the head. Yeah, it's, like, the same <laughs> haircut, but just in red. <laughs> you know, I always got to, like, bring puppy. it back to my girl at some point. <laughs> good i do this with new kids so don't worry about it it's good okay so we know what we're talking about (laughs) um but that makes me want because then i've heard stories about who the song can't get you out of my head was offered to first Mm. like i think it wasn't kylie wasn't the first artist like there's people that claim like it was offered to us like i think it was like oh my god i just saw a tiktok video about it um it's a british girl group atomic kitten they claim that at some point they were, it was going to be offered to them. They say that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the wiki now for that song. Prior to pitching the song to Kylie Minogue, Davis and Dennis unsuccessfully offered it to S Club 7 and Sophie, El- Sophie Ellis Dexter. Okay. okay. So not Atomic Kitten, but maybe S Club? Maybe, but at some point Atomic Kitten claimed that it was offered to them <laughs> oh i shit. literally just saw a tiktok like yesterday it's like they must have been stalking me because i was researching kathy Den. <laughs> my friends and i have this thing that we watch videos together over <laughs> zoom and we have some drinks and we share youtube videos that we love with each other and we call it guilty pleasures okay um and the other day someone shared this video can't get you out of my head with the group. And I just sat there thinking this was so ahead of its time. This oh, was yeah. what Lady Gaga has based so much of her shit on. I swear was can't get you out of my head. Right. Of course. hundred percent. I kept thinking about like the bad romance video and how I'm like, I feel like so much of that was because this video came first. Gotta love Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> She's your girl. 
<laughs> she's up there. I always joke she was my um I'm I always say I'm a born again Kylie fan because she was popular in the US, like with their first album. Then the second album got released here and then it like flopped and then they stopped releasing her here. But then I used to go to like uh music um like uh like record shows like in high school, like senior year, and I kept seeing like Kylie Minogue imports. And I was like, oh, she still records. And so then like I started, I bought a greatest hits and I was like, why have I never heard these songs before? Like, you know, like better the devil, you know, like all the sauce stuff. Oh. I became obsessed. And then I kind of joked like she was my surrogate diva when Martika disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I need someone to take care of me. You know, I was like, I need somebody else. <laughs> Martika's not releasing anything anymore. <laughs> now you, you caught me there at the, the record shows. What's the record shows? So they were that? they were these like um kind of like uh they would they would always be at like uh like at a hotel or something and they would just be like rooms of vendors and they would sell like import CDs. Well, at the time it was like all import CDs. Okay. So, but just or like bootlegs or like whatever. Basically before we could just go online and find them. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So they would have these shows and I don't even know how I found out about them, but I went because I was like, well, I'm going to go see if they have any Martika stuff. And of course they didn't, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I remember buying, I don't remember what I bought, but I mean, I didn't have a lot of money. I was in high school, but I went and spent what little money I had. And then I, like I said, I bought the Kylie Minogue greatest hits. And then I went back to the next time and I was like, well, let me get this other Kylie Minogue CD that I keep seeing there. And so that's kind of, what started that i'm sure there were like but new kids what, up there too <laughs> yeah but that's what's better about it like we didn't have a lot of money um because no. we were teenagers but it made it more memorable because we saved up that oh, money yeah. to get that disc and then you were really invested in it you know oh yeah absolutely like, like in the liner notes and just having a day with it exactly like reading everything and like you would see the same names or the same producers the same background vocalists or you know yeah. Um, did, I can't remember if we've ever talked about this, but in Canadian record stores, like in the eighties and nineties, did you guys have like what was referred to as the cutout bin where it was like all like, they used to call it the cutout bin because like, sometimes you would buy a CD. Did you ever buy a CD? And there was a hole in it. Yes, yes, yes. So those were albums that were like discontinued. They were, they were all like marked down. So they would like, at least in the U S when you would go to the, like a CD store, they would have a section, the cutout section, and the CDs would be like a dollar, anywhere from like a dollar to five dollars. And I bought so many albums that way, so many like obscure artists. Like I feel like half the artists on like Milk Cart Pop Stars were because I found them in the cutout bin. <laughs> the cutout bin too. That's interesting because I've never actually purchased an album with the whole punch in it, but I have some. And I thought they were usually uh-huh. promo copies that the record company would give to like radio stations yeah. and such right some of those were promos sometimes they would even have like like a notch cut out like through the barcode as well no not for resale kind of thing yeah so that, i don't that. know like, or like i would even find like albums by artists i liked and i didn't even know they like released a new album i remember finding um um sorry belinda carlisle's third solo album live your life be free mm. or no fourth solo album and i didn't even know it came out and i found it in the cutout bin and i was obsessed with it i i would i remember it was like when i had like my first car so i would listen to it over and over like that's car. awesome yeah so sometimes you would find stuff like that it's not like now or like you know and our posts on social media like hey my new album's coming out it was like back then you had to go like you know go to the record store and actually like dig through Mm-hmm. let's see what's coming out and speaking of belinda me and one of my best friends are gonna go see her is she on tour uh, by herself she's doing a solo tour like celebrating her solo career oh good and at first you know it was like all the uk dates and um i think australia and then u.s dates were starting to pop up but they were like all on the west coast like california it's like she's never gonna come to chicago and then She's coming. We're going. I'm so excited. I saw her once solo, like 2003, maybe. Oh, wow. 
I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I figure Chicago's a city that gets almost every major show. It's a major yeah. city. Yeah. It's like yeah. in the suburbs, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Ish. Well, Rosemont gets a lot of shows, right? Yeah. And that's literally just outside city limits. It's like right near O'Hare. Yeah. So before we wrap up this episode about Kathy, is there anything else we should add? Um, well, because last two times I was on, you asked me about a deep cut and I found one. I was like, well, what? Because I was thinking like, well, if I pick something from like one of the albums, like everyone will know that. And then I started listening to, you know, a couple. I found a song that I had actually never heard before. And then I listened to it and I was like, I love this. It's from the teenage. I wrote it down because so I wouldn't remember or not forget it's from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 soundtrack, The Secret of the Ooze. Ooh. <laughs> it's the same soundtrack with like Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and the song is, it's credited as Kathy Dennis and David Morales, like the remixer. Yeah. And the song is called Find the Key to Your Life. And it's a really great like dance, like house song. Okay. So we'll play a clip. Yeah. That I could, it's, I couldn't find it streaming, but it's, it's definitely on YouTube. That's how I found it. We'll have to do more of these. You're one of my favorite guests. Oh, thank you. Good chat. I, I love doing this. It's so much fun. I, whenever I'm like, I'm meeting with Naomi. We're going to have. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. like more of our favorite like forgotten pop stars. <laughs> well, yeah, because we like a lot of the same. We go, we go down a lot of the same roads yeah. on this kind of thing. So we're like from I, the same era. So it, it makes sense. And just like I said the first time, like. I found your website. Milk, yeah. Milk, milk carton pop stars. I was just like, this is the shit. Like, <laughs> this is exactly what I'm into. So, yeah. That's why it's wonderful. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Thank you. Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email, dopenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, dope underscore nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.